it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not skip this morning's September 11th ceremonies. Joe Biden sending in the punt team. So he can pitch climate change in Vietnam. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. Probably just as well. You don't need him getting on stage and referring to it as 7-Eleven. Biden's lost his marbles. Which is always very possible. But we will remember the attack on our freedoms with retired NYPD inspector Paul Morrow. And we're also going to talk about a fresh attack on our freedoms by the governor of New Mexico, who says constitutional rights are not absolute. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. A lot of people feel that way. 888-788-9910, the phone number. Uh, Whether you agree with me, whether you disagree with me, we celebrate something on this show every day. It's old-fashioned. It's called Freedom! And that means if you're listening to the show and you want to call in, you do not have to be on my side. I am not an activist. I am a talk show host. The only real rule we have... We are not going to sit here... And listen to you, bad mouth, the United States of America. Straight up, I say it every day to the point of exhaustion. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, be a Libertarian, be an Independent. All we ever, ever, ever ask is that you don't be a There it is. Happy Monday. And a solemn one at that. Uh, On a superficial side, before we get to the nuts and bolts of the broadcast, uh, for those of you who care, uh, the Lincoln Fela Clark Rams uh, did win their season opener 36 to 22. So if you bet the Rams in the over, there it is, girlfriend. Big win for the Rams out of the gate. And I will tell you this. Uh, a quite an honor bestowed upon uh, the Fallow family that we did not know was coming. Lincoln was voted one of the captains of his football team, which was a really big deal to me and Jenny. And we did not know it. You know how we found out? Uh, Lincoln didn't tell us. No, they voted Friday night. He came home, didn't say a word. We found out Saturday when he went out for the opening coin toss. That's just how white folks will do you. Well, that's how he did his parents. Uh, but we're very proud of Lincoln. Uh, we're very proud of the Rams. And, of course, today is September the 11th, so we are proud, thankful, grateful beyond words uh, to everybody who puts on the uniform every day to protect us and our freedoms, certainly remembering the people who made the ultimate sacrifice that day, and a great deal of them were, vast majority of them were civilians who did not sign up for this mission, which makes it all the more tragic. Uh, But I have to tell you, in this moment where you feel so much pride as a New Yorker and how we bounced back in the aftermath of 9-11 and how we rallied and rebuilt the city that they told us was finished, uh, you don't feel any pride whatsoever uh, in your president, Joe Biden. Tell it like it is. Okay. Very embarrassing uh, what's going on today. And understand this. Okay. September 11th is a day that belongs to... All Americans, but most certainly the families, the victims and their families. Today is about them. It's about remembering them. 
Okay, it's not specifically supposed to be about the president. But the reason the president has been showing up to these ceremonies every year for the past 21 years. Yes, Joe Biden showed up last year. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. But the reason they have shown up every year is to mark this solemn occasion and to remind those families that every single American, every single American will never forget what went on that day. Okay, when you see the president and you see the White House telling Peter Ducey things like, well, it's 22 years later, they said, you know, let's keep in mind 22 years after Pearl Harbor, all the presidents weren't still riding out to Pearl Harbor every year. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Okay, understand. Okay, flying then, flying now a little bit different, but they were certainly marking the occasion. What they weren't doing is venturing to the other side of the world to push a climate agenda. That's a total fraud. But that's why Joe Biden can't be there. And what they're trying to sell us is, well, you don't understand. It's a scheduling thing. You know, the G20 is on that side of the world. So the president had to go to Vietnam today because he's right there on that side of the world. That is a fact check false. And we know it is. Why? Because, yes, they've known for over a year that the G20 would be going down last week. But this idea that he had to go at the end of the G20 and not the beginning is a total scam. How do we know that? Because the guy was off the entire month of August. Every single time you opened up the Internet, you saw another picture of Joe Biden and his C-cup breasts lounging on the beach. That was embarrassing. Hey, Maui just burnt down. Lost the whole town. Over a thousand people. Any comment, Mr. President? No comment, he said in his bathing suit. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Nah, no comment on Maui. Come on, man. It's got to be an ice cream shop around. I'm going for a bike ride. What do you want from me? Okay, but that has been the posture of this president at every turn. And don't ever forget, man, don't ever forget Jill Biden. Jill Biden. What did they tell us in the run-up to the 2020 election? Empathy is on the ballot. Wrong. But that's what they said. No, empathy. We're going to get people in the White House who care. The reason you vote for us is we're empathetic, you see. Also, we're skipping 9-11. We're not going to be there. We're going to send in the punt team this year. That's what Jill Biden said. Empathy is on the ballot. You are so full of sh. Is she ever? But this is a moment to just acknowledge. I don't care if you're Republican. I don't care if you're Democrat. It's not my job. It's not, not what I'm here to do. Okay, but understand every single facet of the Biden pitch, every single facet was complete and utter bull. Okay, do you remember when Joe Biden said he was running for all Americans? I'm going to unite the country, whether you voted for me or not. And what's the first thing he did when he got into office? He declared Georgia's voter ID law worse than Jim Crow. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia. Does that sound like the words of a man that's going to unite all Americans? The answer would be no. <laughs> I'll unite the whole country. But if you support voter ID, you're worse than the Jim Crow that burnt down people's houses. That chased them with dogs. Attacked them physically. Poll taxes, literally. You're worse than those people who brought in the literary clauses and the grandfather clauses to deny black people access to the polls. You are worse than them, said the guy who vowed to unite the whole country. This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated, he said. 
No, no, you don't understand. We'd get out of this if it weren't for those damn unvaccinated. And that's what he told you. And he told you we'd never mandate the vaccine. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. What? Because he turned around and made it mandatory. So I guess we have some issues. <laughs> we should have issues. The whole country at that moment, whenever a guy does an about face as pronounced as that, you realize it's politics. You realize the guy's an empty suit. You realize you've been had if you voted for him. doesn't make you a bad person. Okay, but understand, the Biden, the whole Biden brand is a scam. Okay, whether we're talking about the actual scam of selling government influence through his family and his kid. Hunter's a dirtbag. Or we're talking about the pretend empathy. No, no, this is a White House that cares. You don't understand. That is offensive, and it is not true. It's not true. It's embarrassing. Okay, and then to have him go over to Vietnam and China and, you know, he's in Alaska today for two hours and he's going to give a speech at the end of the day today in Alaska where he acknowledges the events of September 11. So he's not even speaking in the hallowed window that we relive in such a haunting fashion. Every time you watch it, I got to tell you, I, on a Monday, just if you know, you want some insight. I come in the building about five in the morning. I walk in the door. I open up my notebook, and that's when I start my writing for the week. It's just me in a notebook. It's very peaceful. It's something I enjoy doing. It's something I've been doing since I was a cab driver. And you don't really change your process just because you're in this big fancy TV building, especially because when you got my talent, you can't assume you're going to be in this TV building for long. You got to dance with the gal, the gal that brought you to the ball. You know what I'm saying? That's true. That is true. But as I'm sitting there to get my writing done it's a very peaceful process of course fox and friends comes on at 6 a.m and they're just walking you right through the events of the day they're showing our broadcast from 22 years ago today and then as the timeline unfolds in real time you're seeing the footage of the towers and the second plane striking and united 93's communications with the faa and of course you know the shanksville pennsylvania which came in the aftermath of the attack on the pentagon okay if you really were here that day, if you really are one of those people who will truly never forget because you don't have the luxury of forgetting, you just don't. I was here. I drove my brother down to the pile. Okay, well, I drove to beyond. I drove him to a checkpoint is what I did. He was off duty. I drove him to a checkpoint. You couldn't physically get any further into the city. I dropped him off in Queens, and they went on their way, whether it was through foot or what, into the city, and from there they went down to the pile. If you were here in New York in the immediate aftermath, okay, you were breathing that smoke and you were watching this city reduced to emotional rubble for the better part of a year, okay, because long after the events of 9-11 concluded on television, the pile continued to smoke and the recovery efforts, which clearly turned into a demolition effort once it became clear that there weren't any more survivors in the rubble, went on for over a year. And I had buddies uh, and I had relatives who were down there at that pile assisting in, you know, the recovery and removal of the debris. And I would often go down there and hang out with them in the middle of their sometimes 36-hour shifts, you know, where they were just down there. And, you know, you'd try to lend whatever goodwill you could to their efforts because you felt pretty helpless yourself as a well-intended person who was trying to offer them some type of emotional, social solace in the face of unimaginable grief and carnage. A lot of these guys that were sifting through the rubble were finding their friends. Okay, one of my buddies I graduated high school with, we were in each other's weddings, great guy, Ray DeVito, phenomenal guy, okay? You know, he was tasked with finding his fellow Port Authority cops in the rubble. Okay, that's a reality. And the reason we go to such grim detail when we describe 9-11 is so you don't forget. The point of never forget 
is not only to honor the dead, it's not only to honor the victims, it's not only to show support for their families, but it's to make sure you don't take your eye off the ball and make us susceptible to this sort of thing again. Well, sadly, as we get on the air right now on 9-11, okay, the people running this country have forgotten. Okay, they might not have forgotten about the optics of the day, Okay, but when it comes to playing the defense, okay, that's going to keep us safe from a 9-11, we have a southern border that's completely wide open right now. That's Joe Biden for you. You have no idea how to defend a nation. Think about that, okay? Is that remembering 9-11? The answer would be no. Especially when you hear we've had dozens of members of the terror watch list and people who have been recruited through ISIS apprehended at our border. We go, Jimmy, great. Well, they apprehended him. So what do you want? Shut up, fatso. Yeah, those are the ones they apprehended. Okay, do we have any idea who got away? The answer would be no. Okay, understand. There's 7 million people that have crossed this border that we know of. Okay, there could be as many as 10, all things considered. I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, and the bad feeling starts in the White House. Okay, you got a dirtbag president. Are we a great country? Absolutely. Okay, are we led by great people? Absolutely not. Okay, this is embarrassing. Now, I understand one of the concerns out of the White House is they know the president's not popular with Ground Zero families, 9-11 families. They don't want to worry about him getting booed. Hey, jackass, it's not about you. It's about the families, about the country. It's about the resiliency we showed and getting up off the mat that day. Okay, and restoring our standing in the world and rallying around all of us. Okay, this is embarrassing. It really is. Okay, it's what we expect from Joe Biden at this point, sadly. And if you've been following Joe Biden, that might be your upside right there. Okay, there is value in not having him at 9 11, if for no other reason than because this day means too much to too many people to chance our president taking one of his dementia walks right out of the ceremony. In the middle of the morning. Well, Joe's a senile guy who likes to roam around. It's pretty bizarre when you know he's walking out. They push him and they shove him to go back from where he came. They drug him because he needs them. He don't even know his name. They call him the Wanderer. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals, to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. 
Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. Arizona Representative Andy Biggs is going to be joining us today. We will also speak with retired NYPD inspector Paul Morrow. But before either of us join us, we will get to your calls, text, tweets, and carrier pigeons. Batting leadoff out in Clarion County, Pennsylvania. Brian is on the line. Hey, Brian. Hey, Jimmy. It's nice to hear your voice. Thanks for taking my call. I'll say. I I just wanted to share my 9-11 story because it's kind of a, a, a strange one. Okay. At the time, I lived in Bucks County where I was born and raised, and mm-hmm. so we were right sort of in the midst of it. And when we discovered that it wasn't an accident, you know, the Pentagon was hit, I was really panicked, and I decided that it was time for me to get my first firearm. Oh, wow. So I went to a local dealer, and the reason I want to share the story, it's mm-hmm. so bizarre, Jimmy, there were hundreds of people already lined up at this one particular store in Feasterville, PA. Mm-hmm. And um, there were all sorts of people, old people, young people, men, women, black, white, Latino. And everyone had the same notion of, you know, sort of needing to protect oneself. Yeah. And actually, the store, uh, I understand later, sold out of of its inventory. Mm-hmm. And it, it, people say it's, you know, 22 years later. It seems like it was yesterday yeah. and for me. And I just want to um, shout out to the families who lost people on 9-11 and also the people who perished after 9-11 yep. from health issues. Mm-hmm. I want everyone to know that my prayers are with them. And, you know, I don't think we'll ever forget what happened. We won't. The the, the reg, regular rank-and-file people won't. Um, but the people running the government, they, they sort of have. You know, it's really crazy to think, but we passed something called the Patriot Act, which violated a lot of our freedoms, but we did so. And, and the sell was, hey, we can't have this happen again. Uh, so the government's got to take a proactive stance towards terrorism. And we went as far as invading Afghanistan for 20 years to make sure it didn't become a breeding ground for terrorism. But we actually left by putting a terror group back in charge of the government and opened up the border, which I got to be honest with you, okay? In a post-9-11 world, anyone who suggested opening the southern border would have been thrown out of office by their ears the minute it came out of their mouth. So in that I regard— have a copy. Yeah. I have a copy of the Patriot Act, mm-hmm. and most of it— is redacted. I mean, you can't really even understand it. Yep. But I agree with you. I think the Patriot Act, it was a, a little scary yep. uh, to be passed. And maybe we should look at that mm-hmm. at this point in yeah. time. 
No, I, I agree with you. But it, it's just just the idea of I didn't appreciate all the infringements and the surveilling, you know, civilians and everything in between. But uh, at least somebody was getting surveilled. I mean, you're living in an America now where, where, again, you know, the old adage in sports is defense wins championships. Uh, we've never been more hated in the world than we are right now. And we just let in seven million people. Uh, not not smart, Brian. Uh, you, of course, brilliant. And you have excellent taste in radio. I uh, hope everything's good. Uh, give my best to the, to the hubs. And uh, we'll talk again sooner, right, pal? There he goes, the great Brian in Clarion County, who should not even be on the radio. Brian, you should be out catching that fugitive. Come on, man. We need your help. All right, back after this, Fox Across America. Fox Across America presents Great Moments in Presidential History. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I don't know about you, but I'm going to go to bed. Yeah, that's Joe Biden overseas on the world stage, skipping 9-11, goes to the G20 summit, stops by... Vietnam, so he can pitch them climate change uh, on 9-11. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But if you were watching Biden in the presser yesterday, getting past the stupid part, yes, Joe Biden is hes very inept as a politician. And this is not a new thing. This is not like breaking news. Okay, Barack Obama famously, famously was caught on a hot mic saying, never underestimate Joe's ability to things up. That's what he said about the guy. Come on, man. Don't ever forget Robert Gates famously saying Joe Biden, bless his heart, nice guy. He's been wronged about every foreign policy decision of the last four decades. Biden sucks. He's terrible at the gig. But getting past that is what's happening on the world stage now when they send him overseas into different time zones, they just shouldn't be doing it. What's happening is there's this is what goes on at the White House. And I'm this is you know, just having a straight conversation with you. They drug him ahead of public appearances. They're probably shooting him up with B12 of something of the like. Every doctor I've talked to on the show or off the show has the same view, just based on the fact that he gets weird spasms of energy, whether you see him whispering or suddenly screaming for no, no reason. Never forget it, the State of the Union, the second to last line of the speech, the second to last line. Now is the time to choose between unity and schmeckenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenahamenaham
No one's getting on lightning loops today. No one's presidenting today. Sorry, it's a little overcast now for safety. We're going to hand him a remote. We've got a recliner upstairs. Bonanza's coming on. He loves Bonanza. He's raised, you know, he's fired up. He's ready. He thinks they're coming after him. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. It's crazy. But that's the reality of our president right now. Okay, that's what we're dealing with right now. That's, that's not me being a Republican. It's not me being like, Fox News, get you mad at the liberals. I don't want you to be mad about it. I just want you to lean into our reality that we shouldn't do this to ourselves again. Joe Biden is only president because we got so divided politically that, uh, you know, half the country was willing to replace Donald Trump with anyone, anyone. OK, because they believe the they believe the Russian collusion narrative. It was made up by these sick people. But they also believed what? That Trump was you know, going to get us all killed from covid. He was the worst. And I got to be honest with you, man. I didn't love Trump's messaging during COVID. He did not throw a perfect game. Let's be clear. This guy will say anything. No, but he didn't. That being said, more people died of COVID under Joe Biden, despite him inheriting not one, not two, but three vaccines. So this idea that some, somehow Trump was going to be you know, worse on COVID than Biden. Biden was terrible on COVID. Okay, and understand he prolonged the lockdowns that started under Trump. You can't give him a free pass on that. He prolonged the remote learning to placate the teachers' unions. He implemented the vaccine mandates that crushed small businesses. He implemented the mask mandates that also hurt turnout at retail stores and funneled all the money into big box places that could allow you to do all your shopping online. Biden's extended lockdowns that enhanced unemployment benefits enabled the biggest transfer, generational transfer of wealth from the middle class to the elites that we've ever seen in this country. By all accounts, a terrible president. But when he goes overseas on the world stage in a time zone where he's technically not used to being awake. This could be a problem. And it was a big problem during the press conference. Let me give you some of these clips. No joy to be had in hearing this, but it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for the country. Let's open with him just telling the reporters he's, he's following orders. I'm not taking random questions here. It is clip 14. And uh, let's see. I'm just following my orders here. Uh, staff, if anybody hasn't spoken. I ain't calling on you. I'm calling on you. I said they have five questions. I need it. Be away. I mean, come on, man. Seriously. Okay, we were told, now he's going to bring respect back to the office. They're going to respect the president again. Not even close. Dude, okay, that's the president of the United States. I'm following my orders here. Hey, staff, after a 30-second pause, because he's reading over the list, he can't remember who he called on and didn't call on. Hey, staff, is there anyone on this list I haven't spoken to? Someone says, I have a question. Not going to call on you, man. I said I got five questions. Chosen ahead of time. He admits it. I admire your honesty. Give him credit for that because the White House staff doesn't want him admitting it. They just want him to go out there and create the appearance that we have a press conference going on, that there's a spontaneous press conference. But he's telling you right out loud, okay, that that's not the case. I was given a list of following orders, and I don't even remember who I spoke to. We have a president that is clearly not all there. Now, that's not on Joe Biden entirely. That's on his handlers, man. Okay, you and me, at whatever age you happen to find yourself out, you could be 22 years old. 
You're going to be a little zonked. You're going to be a little loopy if you're on the other side of the world operating in a time zone where you're not frequently awake. Now you add to the fact that Biden happens to be in his late hundreds and is clearly suffering from some sort of cognitive decline. And you get an embarrassing moment for our country on the world stage. Remember this. We were told when Biden got elected, the adults were back in the room. Anybody who has any um, connection to reality about what is going on around them should have watched that and said, the adults are back in the room. It it seems as though we have a, a professional adult once again in the White House who's just simply doing the work. Really, the the theme, I would say, is the adults are back. Still, it is a relief to have adults in charge. Now we have adults in the White House. Okay, the adults are back in the room. Um, There is a sense, I think, the world over that the adults have returned. We have an adult in the White House now, and it's glorious. We have an adult in the White House, and it's glorious. (laughs) Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. We have a man that they're bumper bowling for. Bumper bowling. You know when you don't want to crush a little kid's confidence first time at the bowling alley? So you put barriers over the gutters so he can't throw a gutter ball. He's going to get a high score no matter what. We're bumper bowling for the president of the United States. Here's the list. Just call on them. If you get confused, refer to the list. If you're still confused, refer to us. They just did that to the president of the United States. Here he is. Listen to this. You're going to hear pauses. You're going to hear confusion. Okay? This is the president of the United States on the world stage. Do you remember those bold declaration? Tear down this wall. Or JFK being like, I believe... We can put a man on the moon and return him safely by the end of the decade. And granted, he was mainly saying that because he was just nailing Marilyn Monroe and he was filled with ambition. Hubba, hubba. But even so, we did eventually pull off a moon landing. (laughs) All right. If you watched my documentary, maybe you feel like we're on the fence about that. But I am here on the air telling you we went to the moon, so shut your face. Here is President Biden. Uh, These are, I guess, what we're going to call the highlights of his speech in Hanoi, Vietnam, clip 12. Well, there's a lot of lying dog-faced pony soldiers out there about, about global warming, but not anymore. All of a sudden, we all realize it, it's a problem. And now I will take your questions. Let me see. They told me they gave me five people here. And so, uh, and I hope that, uh, I think that uh, Prime Minister Xi, I mean, she has some, uh, uh, some difficulties right now. Uh, sorry. Okay. Um, am I pronouncing it? Avilia? Did I pronounce the name correctly? But I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. That is so embarrassing. The president of the United States just quits. I don't know about you. I'm going to bed. And again, where's, there's a phrase out there. Just so you understand. You listen to the show for the first time. I'm not an activist. Like, I don't get on the air today going, how am I going to get him to vote Republican today? Because here's a newsflash. A lot of Republicans suck right now. They're a member of the Uniparty. Okay? 90% of Washington, D.C. is a go-along to get-along, eat the lobbyist lunches, get the hot stock tips, live the good life at the tippy-top of the gravy train. They've succeeded in pitting Republicans against Democrats. 
Understand, the Constitution wasn't written when the two parties were Republican and Democrat. The Constitution was written when the two parties were the government and the citizens. Okay, those were the two parties. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. That's what the Constitution was there to do, was to make sure the government didn't screw over the citizens. Now that the citizens are fighting each other, the government is screwing all of us. When you're right, you're right, and you're right. But listen to this Biden stuff here, because this is embarrassing. Here is the government forcing an agenda on us. Biden wants you to believe climate change, global warming, is more frightening than nuclear war. <laughs> listen to this, clip 15. In addition to helping the environment overall, and the only existential threat humanity faces, even more frightening than a, than a nuclear war, is global warming going above 1.5 degrees in the next 20, 10 years. And we're in real trouble. There's no way back from that. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. He just told you with a straight face, global warming is a bigger threat <laughs> than nuclear war. You're not telling me the truth. <laughs> I mean, yo, nuclear war breaks out today. Guess what we're all doing tomorrow? Dying. Global warming, okay, which, to be clear, planet is always going through temperature changes. Do we have any proof any of it's being caused by man? The answer would be no. Do we have any proof man can control the weather? The answer would be no. No. Do you understand the speech he's giving you? You got to do what I say. I can control the weather. If you do what I say, if we make the changes I say, if we decimate our economy, okay, we outsource our domestic energy production. We empower China, who owns 95% of the infrastructure for our green energy agenda. We will control the weather. That's the claim being made in Washington. Thank you for the education, gentlemen. We've just received a PhD in stupidity. But understand, we used to do something on the world stage called peace through strength. Peace through strength. We projected enough strength on the world stage that for the most part, people would behave, okay? They didn't want mom and dad to go get the belt, okay? That's who we were. We were mom and dad with the belt, maybe the spoon, okay? And the kids only got so rowdy before mom and dad said, hey, cut the <laughs> And the kid's like, all right, great, great, great. Now it doesn't work that way. Now mom and dad get out there on the world stage. We're not projecting strength. We're projecting, ah, oh, they told me who to call on. I could only take five. I don't remember who I called on. I don't know about you, but I'm going to bed. Tell me about this for a second, okay? Are we projecting strength in this last clip I'm about to play you where the president of the United States attempts to answer a question? He gets played off by music like it's the Oscars, and he won the Oscar for like a middle-of-the-road category, best cinematography, and he thanked too many people in the middle of his speech, and the producers were like, get him out of here. Get him out. Again, envision peace through strength. Okay, and listen to this clip and tell me if we're achieving that goal. Clip 18. We talked about it at the conference overall. We talked about stability. We talked about making sure that the third world, the, uh, excuse me, third world, the, uh, the, the, uh, the southern hemisphere had access to change, had access 
we, it wasn't confrontational at all. You came with many thank, thank you, everybody. This ends thank, the press thanks. conference. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. with every person I've met with. Mr. President, are you worried about your son being indicted, Mr. President? And they turned the music back on after the question. You gotta do better than that. Peace through strength. That's the goal. Get on the world stage. Show them we're strong. Show them America's back. And instead, we got the Academy Awards Orchestra playing off the President of the United States. That was absolutely dreadful. I'm telling you because I care. It's not about how you vote. Who cares? You're Republican. It doesn't matter. Okay? The fact remains that guy is on the world stage, and he is representing all of us. And most of the media won't acknowledge what a disaster that was. But do you know what the rest of the world, do you know what our enemies are saying? They're quoting Lincoln Fela as we go to commercial break. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. You're listening to the best dad on the radio. Can't believe you forgot my birthday. You're with Jimmy Fela on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fela. Busy day on the show today. Andy Biggs coming by. Paul Morrow coming by. He's a retired NYPD lieutenant who was on the job on September 11th, like my brother Joey so many other people. Went the uniform on that day. Uh, Paul and my brother were off duty that day and uh, got called in. It was an all-hands-on-deck moment. It was heavy stuff. And uh, if you were here for it, uh, if you were anywhere in the country, let's be clear, you didn't need to be here to understand the gravity of what was going on that day. But when you realize what's happening right now, you know, that you got a president who's out in Alaska because he's on his way to Viet- back from Vietnam because he's pitching climate change. Really? I got to be honest with you. We were not attacked on September 11th by a heat wave, an unexpected blizzard, <laughs> or a rising temperature. We were attacked by a bunch of al-Qaeda dirtbags. Okay. And it's threats to our homeland. No matter what anybody wants to tell you, it's threats to our homeland that should be the biggest concern in this country right now. When someone starts talking about the weather is the threat, so what are you actually going to do about it? Has anyone ever had that discussion? Does anybody know a guy who can actually control the weather? I mean, you might know a guy who believes he controls the weather, but that's only because you work in an asylum. Because anyone who tells you they can actually control the weather... They're crazy. That includes you, Mr. President. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Back in action. Big hour coming up on Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Arizona Representative Andy Biggs going to be joining us from the Fighting 5th Congressional District to talk about the big media rollout of Kamala Harris. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! There's a fascinating moment, though, going on right now in political circles where Nikki Haley, 
surging in the polls right now, opening up a six-point lead over Joe Biden in a head-to-head matchup. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. So what they're doing is they're trotting out the female member of the ticket to try to beat back Nikki Haley, take some attacks, articulate the pro-women positions in this administration. The only problem is Kamala Harris is weapons-grade stupid. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. 888-788-9910, the phone number, whether you agree or disagree. But I'm going to tell you the whole hook of the show. Okay, I own a politics-to-English dictionary. That's how this works. I am not a political scholar. I don't have any formal broadcast training. It's probably pretty apparent by now, a minute into the show. You're like, well, where'd they find this guy? <laughs> this guy won a contest or something? <laughs> Who is this dude hosting this show right now? What would you do with a brain if you had one? Stop it. I'm trying over here. But the whole hook is... Okay, I do. I own a politics to English dictionary. know a lot of people who work in politics, but I come from an everyman background. I was a cab driver, obviously. I work as a stand-up comic, which, by the way, my one-hour special is taping Friday night, October the 13th at the Paramount in Huntington, New York. If you're in the area, if you're not in the area, ParamountNewYork.com, ParamountNY.com. You can get your tickets Friday night, October the 13th, and then I will be on the road Friday night, October the 27th at the Helena Civic Center in Helena, Montana. Saturday night, October the 28th, Colonial Theater in Idaho Falls. You guys better be there. want to hang out with your radio buddy, especially when you come to the aftermath of these shows when it's just me solo and we do a thousand-person meet-and-greet and you realize you're genuinely a part of something unique in our politics. And the uniqueness is the fact that I am very much one of you. I'm not the star of the show. We are. This is our movement. It's our thing. And all I'm doing is translating politics into the same basic language that you and I speak. That's it. That's all we got. That's the whole show. It's the whole ticket. It's the whole hook. Okay, not an activist. There's not really an agenda uh, other than get through these three hours without saying something that's going to get me dragged out of here by my ears because I have a little bit of a potty mouth, you know. <laughs> that's pretty much the agenda, just to survive the show. Okay, but understand, in our politics right now, they're rolling out Kamala Harris this week. She's going to be going around the country speaking to college kids and basically just saying everyone's a racist and a misogynist, so you got to vote for me because I'll stop the racists and the misogynists. Unfortunately, she tried that as a Democratic presidential candidate, and what ultimately happened, okay, she dropped out when she was polling at 1% in her home state of California. 1% in her home state of California, which is, you know, embarrassing. I mean, she is so bad at her job. But understand, Nikki Haley is surging. And what Nikki Haley has made the centerpiece of her attack, brilliantly so, I might add, is the blunt force truth that if you're voting for Biden, you're voting for a president Kamala. I mean, that's just the reality. If you look at the actuary tables, okay, there is an astonishingly high chance That if Joe Biden wins a second term, at some point we're going to be saying the words President Kamala. No, God! No, God! Please, no! 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 So this is how this little mess started. Nikki Haley started bringing that inconvenient truth up in other circles. Okay, here she was on Jesse Waters' primetime, clip 10. Look, you should be worried. I would stomp all over Joe Biden. I would call Kamala Harris out like I've been calling calling Kamala Harris out. But everybody needs to know this is really 
me running against Kamala Harris for president. That's who we're looking at. That should send a chill up everyone's spine. That's why Americans need to care about what happens in this primary. So understand that. Okay, that's going to become, if Biden is ultimately the nominee, which he won't be, but that would become the narrative out of whoever the Republican is. Listen, not only does this guy suck, but if you vote for this guy, there's a good chance she's going to get in. Kamala Harris, who I've got to be honest with you, if you've watched the job she has done, she's the borders are. Okay, the borders are. She's in charge of the southern border. Has she gone down to the actual southern border and points of entry and surveyed the carnage? The answer would be no. Nope. She went down to the Northern Triangle and conducted a study on the root causes of illegal immigration. It's a now problem. Seven million people are flowing into the country now. 30% of the women who cross our border illegally are sexually assaulted. We're dealing with a record high in fentanyl overdose poisoning deaths. The woman in charge of all of that blamed it on climate change. You are so full of sh- Of course she is. Okay, climate change. But why is she doing that? Because she is a career agenda politician, an empty vessel. Hand me a talking point. I will recite it through rain or hail or sleet or snow. She is the Dr. Seuss of vice presidents. She will stick to the talking point on a boat, on a goat, on a train with a plane. Why do I know that? Because over the weekend, they rolled out Kamala Harris. We've got this fresh polling out this week that says 70 percent of Americans don't want Biden to run again. They have vast concerns about his age. So they trotted out Kamala to reassure the electorate that don't worry, even if it doesn't work out for Biden. You got this Kamala Harris girl. She'll be your president. But that was the plan. The plan was we roll out Kamala. Nikki Haley is hitting Biden on his age. She wants cognitive exams. She's saying things like, hey, a vote for Biden's a vote for Kamala. Well, let's turn that into a strength. Let's send Kamala out in front of the media and people will come away from this thinking, well, that's actually a good thing that a vote for Biden's a vote for Kamala. This, I'm telling you, this will win him over. Listen, okay, as they attempt to get an answer out of Kamala Harris on what limits to abortion she supports. Okay, Margaret Brennan is asking her on Face the Nation, okay, where would you cut off abortion? Nikki Haley has proposed a limit that's more in line with European standards, something that could help the Republicans in the general election. If Republicans are running on, we'll just ban it, and you're not going to win. Okay, you're actually not going to win the general election. I'm just telling you that because I care. If you look at the polling on abortion, a slim majority of Americans support abortion. They do. Okay, but the vast majority of Americans, vast, vast, vast majority in the 80s support very strict limits on abortion. Okay, Europe caps it off at 15 weeks. Okay, the Democratic Party in some states like Colorado They'll pretty much let you abort a third grader. I mean, it's barbaric. It's disgusting. But they purport it far past the point of viability, past 30 weeks, past the point where a child can feel pain. And so what Brennan is trying to get out of Kamala is just, hey, so what should the limit be? But she's not equipped to have this discussion because she's intellectually bankrupt. So the only thing she can do here is repeat the talking point she's been fed. Here it is, clip one. I mean, what week of pregnancy should abortion access be cut off. We need to put back in place the protections of Roe versus Wade. You we need to put back the protections 
that are in Roe v. Wade into law. We need to restore the protections of Roe v. Wade. Do you need to be more precise? I am being precise. We need to put into law the protections of Roe v. Wade. Oh, shut up, woman. But do you understand? The question was, what week of pregnancy should abortion be cut off at? Did she give an answer to that question? Not even close! No, she gave the same answer 17 different times. That was absolutely dreadful. Here it is again. Just listen to it one more time. What Brennan is trying to get out of her is they just, what's the limit? Is it 15 weeks? Is it 30 weeks? What should they know? Okay, understand she is not, you know, you've all been in this position where, you know, when someone asks you if you've seen a movie and you didn't see it, (laughs) you might try acting like you did, but the longer the conversation goes on, the more aware they become that you didn't see it. Okay, Kamala Harris sits down with Face the Nation under the guise that she knows a thing or two about abortion and abortion limits. The longer this conversation goes on, the more clearly it becomes that she doesn't. Here it is again, clip one. I mean, what week of pregnancy should abortion access be cut off? We need to put back in place the protections of Roe versus Wade. We need to put back the protections that are in Roe v. Wade into law. We need to restore the protections of Roe versus Wade. Do you need to be more precise? I am being precise. We need to put into law the protections of Roe versus Wade. You don't have a clue. (laughs) Do you remember those talking toys where they had a string on the back and you pulled it and it would start talking to you? They used to have these toys when we were little kids. You could pull the string and the doll would talk. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, understand. We have a vice president who's one of those toys. You know when those toys get stuck and it just keeps saying the same thing over and over again? It's been programmed with a very limited vocabulary. When it comes to abortion, someone said to her, hey, they're going to come at you a million different angles. Just so you know, the official White House position is we don't want to articulate a specific length of time on access. Just say we need to put the laws, the protections back into place. That's essentially what she sat down with yesterday. That's the only knowledge she had as the sitting vice president of the United States. That was embarrassing. Okay, but do you need to be more precise? I am being precise. And then she proceeds to say the same thing she said seven other times. We need to put the protections back in place. Let me explain abortion to you, okay, really quickly, because the whole Democratic premise on abortion is a lie. Oh, good goodness. Okay, understand what Roe versus Wade did. It was not the end of democracy. It was not the end of abortion. Okay, it was the beginning of democracy. Okay, it was the advancement of state rights. Roe versus Wade was not a federal ruling on how long abortion should be viable up until. It was not a federal ruling, okay, that allowed people any say in the issue of abortion. It federalized, okay, that issue. What striking down Roe versus Wade did was send it back to the states, at which point each individual state will now decide its own limitations to abortion, if any. Ultimately, the people will vote in or vote out the politicians that determine the abortion access window. Okay, that's where we find ourselves. But the Democrats ran so effectively on the lie that repealing Roe versus Wade meant nobody could get an abortion. You were now going to go to jail if you wanted one. The doctors were, you know, forget it. They were going to be criminalized, couldn't even perform an abortion. And that was a lie. 
Okay, but Kamala Harris continues to campaign on that lie. They don't want to speak to the physical issue of abortion because if you get into the lengths, the windows of time in which abortion is still allowable in some parts of the country, anybody supporting abortion when the baby can live outside the mom, I'm talking weeks after the baby can live, a month after the baby can live outside the mom. Any guy that gets on TV and tells you that's a good thing. He should be behind bars. Okay, but Kamala Harris isn't much different because she doesn't want to impose any limitation because she doesn't want to bring attention to the fact that there is currently a window on this issue that is barbarically infanticide. And it's going on far beyond the point of viability for the fetus. They don't want to bring attention to that because they don't want to lose any abortion support. But understand, okay, are those people who genuinely care? It's about the health of the mother, the health of the children, okay? They're flat out concealing infanticide because they're concerned it's going to hurt them at the polls. That's who they are. The people who tell you empathy's on the ballot and then skip 9-11. The people who tell you, my body, my choice, but then force a vaccine on a woman whether she wants it or not. Oh, government needs to stay out of our bedroom. But the government can be in your garage telling you what kind of car you can drive. Government can be in your kitchen telling you what kind of stove you can use. Tell you what kind of hot water heater you can use, what kind of thermostat you should have. No, the government's everywhere. Are you kidding me? Tell you what kind of straw you can drink from. But then at the same time, that hypocrisy, oh, government needs to stay out of the way. What, really? You have the government in every single thing we do. It's bananas. But understand, as bigger than the brazen political ploy of this is the utter indifference to the well-being of those children, okay? There is a barbaric level of abortion access going on in this country right now. And every microphone that finds them, the Democrats can't run to it fast enough and say they're the party that cares, Okay. And then they give you Kamala Harris, the first female vice president. Okay, she's an embarrassing setback for women because the perception of Kamala is not that she's qualified. It's that she got appointed just because. There are hundreds of millions of women who could be vice president right now and do a fabulous job at that. But instead, we got Kamala Harris because she checked a box. That's why she's the one in office. That's why when she's being asked to give us a limit on abortion, she can't speak to the issue because she has no grasp, no intellectual handle whatsoever. So she just gets up there and tells you that our rights were taken away. We need to get them back. Here's a newsflash. Her rights didn't go anywhere. Okay, and neither did our opinion of Kamala. It ends the weekend where it began. She's a dope. Kamala is a lying sociopath. Fact checked. A show so good, people don't know what to think. This feels weird. Are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun, though, isn't it? Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They have rolled out Kamala Harris to convince people she can do the job. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just, they're not respecting our country the way they used to. Here is Kamala talking about the possibility of a second Trump presidency. She doesn't seem to understand the question. Clip two. Are you taking the threat of a second Trump presidency seriously enough? I don't understand the question. You were dismissive of some of the Republican criticism of you and the president. 
when you look at current polling, the front runner for a Republican nomination is the former president, the 45th president. We will win re-election. You we will, will win. win. We will win re-election. There is too much at stake, and the American people know it. You don't have a clue. <laughs> I mean, what performance art? We'll win re-election. There's too much at stake. The American people know it. Yo, the American people. Okay, seventy percent of the American people think the country is headed in the wrong direction. So when she gives you that response to the question, because, again, she doesn't have the intellectual ability, the conversational latitude to say anything other than what's been programmed into her bed into her head. You've got to picture Kamala as a talking toy. You pull the string and it says something. That's how it works. Hey, should we get pancakes? I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. That's it. It's a, it's a limited vocabulary. There's only several things she can actually say. So when she sits down in front of Margaret Brennan and says, no, we'll win. We'll win. There's too much at stake. The American people, they realize that. Dude, that is a circus act right there. <laughs> Straight up. Okay, because the American people, 70% of them, I think the country's running in the wrong direction, number one. Number two, they don't even want these two running again. Okay, not even the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party is like, we don't want to do this anymore. There's got to be another option. There's got to be something else you can help us. And I don't doubt there are people in the Democratic Party that feel rested up and ready to step in. I don't feel no ways tired. We'll discuss it with Andy Biggs next. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, band fired up to play on our next guest, but not half as excited as they'll be to play him off. Uh, he is a superstar representative from the Fighting Fifth Congressional District in Arizona. Representative Andy Biggs back on the show. Hey, man. Jimmy, it's always good to be with you. Unfortunately, I come on with a big ego, so I never hurt and offended by what you say to start off. Well, I had to beat you out of the gate because last time you took a you <laughs> kneecapped me at hello. It was, it was like it was like what did my press guy screw up again why am i back on this show it was like something it was something like the bottom uh, of the barrel which we'd expect oh, nothing man. less to be clear absolutely absolutely uh, we well, have that kind of relationship thank well, you well it's good to have you back on the show said no host ever um but no let's talk <laughs> let's talk Biggs. let's talk i love you you stop it let's right now it. let's do it uh it's september 11th the president's over in alaska and vietnam pushing climate change thumbs up thumbs down Thumbs down. I mean, is Thumbs that a, down. it's 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 so bizarre, like just the indifference to the day, no? Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't get it this way. I mean, this is a day that uh, uh, most Americans know exactly what they were doing on 9-11. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that I mean, it's just you, you just know. I remember exactly where we were and the tragedy and the attack and, and the sense of unity of, of the country coming together in the grief and the aftermath. But, but I mean, to, to go to Alaska, I mean, Alaska, I don't have anything against Alaska, but this is not where they're supposed to be today. Yeah. That's not where you're supposed to be. No, it's crazy. And then when you talk about the actual priority, because the priority was, well, we got to go to Vietnam with this climate thing. It's very important. And he wants you to believe climate change is a bigger threat than nuclear war, which again, laughable on its face. But understand, he could have went to Vietnam before the G20. The guy was on the beach every day of August. 
Well, he wasn't sure which beach he was on. That's true. Um, that's the problem. And was it was he? He might have, for all we know, he might have thought he was in Vietnam. That's so funny, Mr. Uh, President. We're in Vietnam again. Oh man! <laughs> exactly. What a Holy cow! What a, time. what a small just, world! What a time to be alive! It's crazy. But then the other the other thing is this. Okay, and I come back to this a lot. The whole adage of peace through strength. Okay, we're not projecting that on the world stage when the president gets on stage and goes, I'm just following orders. They gave me a list. I'm not allowed to call on anybody else. And then he got played off at the end of the press conference like it was the Oscars. You know when a guy goes on too long at the Oscars and they play music just to drown him out and get him off the stage? Like that shouldn't happen to the president, no matter who the president is. That's embarrassing. It really is. That happens to me usually when I'm on, on with you, by the way. Uh, just, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, start, I start hearing the music and say, oh, it's, it's over for me. Bi- so, Biden's no, going to start no. doing a Rodney Dangerfield. I'll tell you, I got no respect. Yeah. I got no respect yeah. at all. <laughs> no, I, when, you, when you look at it, speaking of no respect, that's where the U.S. is today under Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, uh, under Donald Trump, they either respected him or feared him. And what that did is that made for a much more stable international world. Mm-hmm. Iran was under control. China was uh, mostly under control. They have their problems still. North Korea was discombobulated. Uh, Russia uh, would never have gone after Ukraine. You actually had African states that were much more stable because of of uh, uh, Donald Trump's – their concern about Donald Trump. The, the point being – when Trump made America first the mantra, the world believed him, and they had a certain amount of either fear or respect. It was, you know, or, or bewilderment. But all three led to the same thing, a lack of action by the world's biggest, nastiest actors. And, and under, under Biden, everybody's pushing us around. Good grief. I mean, imagine that. It was we went from speak softly and carry a big stick to babble incoherently and read off a big teleprompter. And I'm just telling you, it doesn't really put people on notice the way you might think it would for whatever reason. But if you followed this, they are they're trotting out Kamala pretty aggressively right now. And I know it's she's taking a lot of criticism because people on the campaign trail are rightfully saying if you vote for Biden, you might have a president Kamala, heaven forbid. Uh, but they're trotting her out to try to make the case that she's ready to step in and do the job. She said so herself. Um I, I got to be honest with you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, how much, when she says, I'm ready for the job, nobody's quite sure what job she's talking about. I mean, really. That's, I mean, she's standing in front of a school bus when she says it. Uh, who knows? <laughs> I mean, Jimmy, yeah. she, it, it's, a, it's a joke. I mean, it really is. We're talking Arizona Representative Andy Biggs. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm scared of that one. Cause you remember when you mentioned the school bus, do you remember when she was talking about, she was cackling and talking about who doesn't love a big, a big yellow school bus. And which was like, <laughs> yeah. it was so sociopathic cause she like forces the laugh in as someone who's uncomfortable in her own skin. But the more you watch that clip, you more, you realize like she doesn't know anything about a big yellow school bus. Cause she clearly rode the short one. <laughs> well, what I'll tell you is. The only thing she knows about the yellow school bus is that you're supposed to stop when they put out the red, big red stop sign next to it. She, think, think of it this way. I don't view it as they're, them trotting out and say, look, she's ready. I think they're, it's a trial balloon. I really do. And, and they want to say, hey, it, it, how do you feel about Kamala Harris? Do you know, yeah. you, she's, she's going to get nothing. That, that trial balloon is going to get popped. <laughs> I still believe I still believe in the and, end when it gets wrapped around, you're uh-huh. going to get to uh, 
uh, Michelle Obama, probably. I mean, that, that, yeah, that's which is very scary. Well, to be clear, uh, at least under your scenario, they will have shot down one balloon. You know, this is not (laughs) shiny spy balloon. Good night, everybody. Uh, I I have a counter theory on this. Everybody brings up Michelle Obama. I get why it's trendy pick. She's so wildly popular with the Democratic Party. She wants nothing to do with running the president. That's my that's my take is they don't want to hang out with the little people. The idea of having to do retail politics, they're sailing around the world on billionaire yachts. I don't honestly, yeah. I don't think they want to go work a rope line and fist bump people and meet people and all of that. I think they like parachuting in at the end of the campaign because you've got rock star status because in any room you walk into, you think about like Hillary's campaign. They they showed up with like an hour to go in that election because they hated Hillary, but they showed up with an hour to go because they want to help the Democrat. Just the same as they they did with Biden, you always are cool walking onto the stage after those people. And I think they enjoy that status. I don't know that they'd want to give up their lifestyle, but I get why you would say it because there's nobody else to run. They're not going to run Kamala. Okay. Gavin Newsom, listen, he, to his credit, says he has no intentions of running as he literally showed up to the White House when Biden was overseas last time (laughs) and walked around and and tipped everybody a 20 and measured the drapes and hung out. He pulled a tape measure out of his pocket you know one of those little tape measures yeah he's like yeah i'm I'm not gonna run i'm like dude you dropped the ikea catalog what are you doing he's like yeah (laughs) no plans of moving into the white house i'm like you brought a u-haul but uh i i get it they don't they just don't have a deep bench but i mean do you take this as a sign that they're going to become more uh legally aggressive with president trump given the position they happen to be in because the polls say the forget winning the polls say 70 percent of the country doesn't want them to run Okay, if that's your reality, you're a long way from winning. So do you think we're going to see them ratchet up the weaponization of the justice system? Or what do you predict? Yeah, I'm predicting two or three things. Uh, Number one, they're going to they're going to pursue Trump uh, to the nth degree. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's going to happen. And uh, then they're hoping that somebody like Chris Christie uh, falls off the turnip truck and becomes the nominee, which is never going to happen. Good luck with us. Yeah. Just for the fact that turnips are a fruit or a vegetable. He's not going there for that alone, but go ahead. That's right. Then then you move on to this next step. Um, I agree with you. Uh, The the Obamas don't like the retail politics. They don't want to open up their lives again to the to the mysteries of the media. Mm -hmm. But um, I think. Obama and his ties have had a tremendous impact and influence over Biden's administration. Yeah. Because there's nobody there, and if there's a legitimate chance of a Republican taking it, which right now I would say it's pretty close. I mean, yeah. who knows? But uh, Obama himself would – a Michelle Obama presidency would be Barack Obama. Yeah. Well, I mean, isn't that kind of what we're getting now? Yes. And that- yes. Anyone in the know in Washington looks at the policies of this administration and just sees it as Obama's second term. That's right. And and um, the only one who doesn't see that is Biden, because Biden doesn't really understand any of the policies that are taking place around him. Otherwise, uh, otherwise, he would, you know, the old Joe Biden, the, mm-hmm. the almost sentient, I'm not sure he's ever been sentient totally, but the almost sentient Joe Biden as a senator, say, 20 years ago, or even 30 years ago, would be saying something vastly different than the current Joe Biden. That's what is crazy, is that Biden, the senator, would not have supported an open border. 
he wouldn't have supported right. defunding the police. I mean, he wrote the 94 Biden crime bill, which, you know, ratcheted up the penalties in a lot of instances and took a pro-police stance. It's so wild to see guys just punt on principle. But that's definitely going on, especially like, you know, a good issue on that is the climate. So without getting too far off track, every environmentalist that used to stand on the sidewalk and say, save the whales, is now telling you to shut up if you criticize the windmills that are killing all the whales. Right. It's nuts. Right. I mean, yeah, it, it, it is so bizarre. Their, their solutions for um, the perceived problems, they, first of all, they never admit that fossil fuels have actually doubled the lifespan in the last 100 years yeah. of, of people around the world or, and brought more food to them, more access, more information, more health care, more, you know, everything good. The refrigeration, imagine refrigeration. You have like 3 billion people in the world that still don't have enough electricity. They don't have refrigerators. But when you bring refrigeration into the, in, into the world, uh, it allows people to save food and, and live a better life and live a more quality life. People forget that, how much fossil fuels have done. So, so they end up putting these big Vegematic, uh, you know, bird grinders and fish, uh, uh, you know, the, these dangers to fish and, and, and mammals, sea mammals, in these, these wind machines that cannot actually dispatch enough reliable, consistent energy. Um, and, and, and they tell us that that's the grand thing. We, we, we can't even have a logical discussion because people don't want to say, well, what what does the data show and how has life been improved? How have we actually get this? More people survive uh, climate uh, uh, extremes like cold and heat because of the fossil fuels. How about how about talking about what the good stuff it does and balance it out and let's have a rational discussion? No way. If you call for facts, they're come on, Biggs. They will we'll, <laughs> come on. We'll shut your account down. We will algorithm you right off of this website. Are you yeah, nuts? Yeah. Well, actually, thank goodness I'm doing it on your website. Uh, and not mine, because uh, you're going to be shut down and not me. So that's, 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 <laughs> Andy Biggs. That's a little ray of sunshine. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> see, there's an upside. And you got a parting shot in as you left. I, I respect that, Biggs. Always yeah. be closing. Uh, you know, always nice to get the band back together. I think the American people are better for their time. Because if nothing else, everyone listening to this interview leaves feeling like they could either be a radio host or a congressman. And they probably could, actually. Most Americans could. Yeah, the bar is low. The bar, listen, the bar. The bar is low. I, I, it's, 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 I, and you, I, I believe you would admit to this. As an elected representative of the people, you do get to Washington on some level and look around and feel a little underwhelmed by who gets in. Do you not? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where you say, ah, I could never run. you got to be really smart. And then you get there, and about two weeks in, you're going, Huh. Been here about four years ago. You you get there and they're like, hi, I'm AOC. It's nice to meet you. And you're like, whoa, (laughs) this is crazy. Bananas. Yeah. Well, this is an an empowering phone call as always. Appreciate the time, man. We'll do it again soon. You bet. Thanks, Jimmy. My man. There he goes. Andy Biggs from the Fighting Fifth Congressional District of Arizona. And yes, I will tell you, uh, when I was a little kid growing up in Levittown, New York, Strong Island, I used to really think, like, if someone was an elected representative of our government, this was that upper echelon, higher caliber person. Are you stupid or something? Well, I didn't know at the time. At the time, I was like, no, they're our government. They're these infallible people who care so much about the country.
that they put every single one of the country's interests miles ahead of theirs. You must have got manure for your brains. But I really thought that. I'm not like I really grew up believing like, no, you don't understand the guys that are actually in Washington. Like this is the best of the best. Like these are the people. (laughs) Not kidding. (laughs) I really like I got out of bed every day and I was like, I, I am telling you, okay, because I care. The government of the United States, these are geniuses. These people, they they bleed red, white, and blue. Okay, when push comes to shove, if we got a problem, get out of the way. Washington's got this. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. And then, yeah, you grow up and you see what's going on now. Okay, and it's not a shot at Andy Biggs when I say the, the you know, the people in Congress are idiots, but there's a reason their approval rating is 10%. Okay, most of what's happening in Washington is a uniparty, a uniparty. That's what's going on. And they go along to get along. And, you know, a lot of times they're using emergencies to justify their agendas. Like we're going to get into this New Mexico government, uh, the governor of New Mexico. Oh, no constitutional right is absolute. Wrong. But that's what she said. Straight up. No, no, it's, it's not absolute. We can declare an emergency and deny your Second Amendment rights. That's what they do now. You understand? No, we got a COVID emergency. You don't have the right to go out to the store. Kid doesn't have the right to go to school. You don't have the right to go to church. Freedom of religion, stuff it. COVID emergency. And that's what they just trial ballooned on guns. Thankfully, people pushed back on it. Because the next step is what they're doing in Europe, which is a climate emergency. Not all of the climate's bad. You have any data on that? The answer would be no. No, no, no. It's just you're a murderer if you don't say the climate's bad. That's what they do. They pistol whip people into compliance by calling them murderers and racists and bigots and everything in between. So this New Mexico governor saying, I'm going to suspend your constitutional rights because there's an emergency, is very much the sort of trial balloon they want to exercise when it comes to the climate. No, you can't drive those cars. Nope, nope, can't eat those foods, can't go to those stores. I'm telling you, it's a climate emergency. And that's what they do, okay? And that's the only way they can implement their agenda because if you put their agenda up at the ballot box, it crashes spectacularly, okay? Biden, as a president, is Tunsis the driving cat, That's who he is. Do you remember Saturday Night Live? That's the Biden agenda. That's the Obama agenda. Don't be thick, all right? You can't name a single solitary thing they've done that's helped the country. Yet here they are asking us to hand them the keys again. The critics have spoken. You do that again and I'll break every bone in your body. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon in the third hour of this show. Paul Morrow, retired NYPD inspector who was at Ground Zero on the day of the tragic attack, which occurred 22 years ago, will be joining us uh, to recount that ordeal and the future of this country as it pertains to the never forget slogan. Uh, You know, it's very unfortunate, but we're living at a time when never forget isn't exactly being adhered to by the people in Washington. And maybe the joke's on us because we're asking a president with dementia not to forget. I mean, it's not always going to end well. I admire your honesty. I'm telling you the truth. It's uh, sheesh, a mess. Uh, We will continue to monitor as well the escaped convict 
out in Pennsylvania. If you're listening on Beaver County Radio, WJAS, all you guys out there, Brian and Clarion, who called in earlier today, we've got to find this fugitive. Okay, this is what we know as far as the last police update is concerned. We were told that he's shaved his head bald, he's wearing a hooded sweatshirt, and he doesn't speak English. That's what we know. So odds are in Pennsylvania, if you're bald in a hoodie and you don't speak English, if they find him, they're probably just going to make the guy a senator. Good goodness. What the hell is the world coming to? Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Would you look who came back to work, everybody? It's Fox Across America with your radio pal, Jimmy Fallon. Man who's never, ever, ever once been stuck in an elevator during a commercial break. As we start the show today, I will tell you some logistics. Have me tw- 20 seconds late for the start of the hour. You gotta do better than that. Hey, at least I showed up today on September 11th. Unlike the President of the United States, did he make his way near any of the ceremonies? The answer would be no. So embarrassing. Okay, it is September 11th. Okay, I'm here in New York City. We are, of course, honoring, okay, the lost the victims, their families, the brave men and women who put on the uniform to protect our freedoms and our streets and our every day. Okay, and we've got a president who is scheduled to speak at the end of the day over in Alaska after mumbling his way through a press conference last night. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. We'll get to some of the highlights, and we will talk to Paul Morrow, retired NYPD inspector, who was on the scene at Ground Zero that day about what never forget really means. Okay, because understand, never forget is there, not only because we need to honor the lost, but we need to keep our eye on the ball of protecting this nation. And as we get on the air right now on September 11th, we have a president that has let 7 million people cross our southern border. You have no idea how to defend a nation. I mean, really think about that. In a world where defense wins championships, we're not playing defense at the southern border border of our country. That's stupid. Use your common sense. So yes, it is September 11th. Yes, we will honor the loss. Yes, we will salute the brave who protect us. But it's going to be really hard to do that without also having an honest conversation about the people that are supposed to be leading us right now because they have forgotten. Okay, when you can't show up for 9-11. So what did they do after catching flack about this Vietnam visit? They sent Kamala Harris at the last second So we could have her and her Woody Woodpecker cackle down there. (laughs) Just terrible. We're just a nation led by clowns. So we'll talk about it. We'll talk tomorrow. But we'll also discuss the reality that 9-11 was what? It was an attack on our freedoms. And as we get on the air right now, we have internal attacks on our freedoms coming from current government officials and, of course, former government officials like Dr. Anthony Fauci. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. So Fauci really quick, okay, because they're talking about pushing vaccines again and bringing back masks. 
If you remember, and I want to give Michael Schmarkanish credit, host a weekend show on CNN. And, uh, you know, we're not huge fans of CNN. CNN is the worst. But to Smirconish's credit, he confronted Fauci last week with the Cochrane study that flat out determined masks don't work. Okay, Fauci tried to filibuster, and he did so again yesterday. He said there's a lot of good data, a lot of studies out there that say masks work. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm-hmm. Because, number one, not only did Fauci not mention any of the studies by name, but he didn't mention how much endowment money he threatened to withhold from scientists unless they wrote the study the way he wanted it to. Because that's what we found out about COVID. Do you remember when COVID started and they were taking away your freedoms? Freedoms, okay? Can't go to school. Can't go to church. Can't go to work, okay? They declared an emergency to take away your freedoms. That's not right. But that's what they try to do now to get their way. The government learned something from COVID. In a lot of ways, it was a trial balloon. That's why we got the governor of New Mexico over the weekend flat out saying, no, it's it's an emergency. We're taking away your Second Amendment right. This is absolutely gross. It's disgusting. But here's Fauci. Really quick, I want you to hear this one first. It's clip 22. There's a lot of confusion when you take a broad uh, a series of studies and you look at them in a meta-analysis, only a couple of those studies were specifically looking at COVID. So I think we better be careful that that study that people keep talking about can be very, very misleading. There's a lot of good data that masks work. You suck, you jackass. A lot of good data that masks work. I stuck with that whole interview, okay, when I decide what audio we're going to play on the show. Does Fauci name any of the studies that say masks work? The answer would be no. This is the old, no, I got a girlfriend. She doesn't live around here. So I'm assuming these mask studies were on a modeling shoot or something. No, I got a lot of studies. Can we see the studies? The answer would be no. It's like climate change. No one can prove to you climate change is a real thing. But they can declare an emergency and try to take away your freedoms. It's also what they tried to do in New Mexico over the weekend. It's bananas, okay? You've got a governor of New Mexico flat out telling you, no, no, rights, absolute. I know you guys, you know, like the Second Amendment. We've had some gun violence, so we're going to cause an emergency. We're going to take away your rights. That's what we're going to do. Get her out. Get her out of here. That's what you should do because it's garbage. Okay. 9-11, okay, was an attack on our freedoms. Sadly, our freedoms are under more attack today here in the homeland than they are anywhere around the world. Okay, here is the governor, Governor Grisham in New Mexico, clip 30. Effective immediately, no person other than a law enforcement officer or licensed security officer shall possess a firearm, either openly or concealed, within cities or counties, averaging 1,000 or more violent crimes per 100,000, and more than 90 fire re- firearm-related emergency department visits. We are suspending open and concealed carry. The purpose is to try to create a cooling-off period while we figure out how we can better address public safety and gun violence. Oh, shut up, woman. Just flat shut up. First of all, it, you know, a cooling off period, a temporary cooling off period of your rights. Okay, let me start here to quote Milton Friedman. 
There is nothing more permanent than a temporary government injunction. He knows what he's talking about. Okay. The, it's 9-11. Let's talk about it. The Patriot Act was supposed to be a temporary suspension of our civil rights. It has gone permanent. Okay. You can get around some of these security measures at the airport, which a lot of it's security theater, by paying money to expedite your trip through security. Money, 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 money. But those temporary measures are in permanent place. Okay, remember the temporary measure of 15 days to stop the spread? Yeah, went on a little longer than 15 days, did it not? I think he's got a point. Yeah, it's been about three years to stop the spread with some of our rights. Okay, but when she talks about this, let's get past the attack on your freedoms, which is significant to this conversation and always will be because we live in the United States of America. Freedom! It's just the mindlessness of this type of edict. So think about this, okay? The Second Amendment, your right to self-defense. She's saying, well, if you live in a high crime area where they've had a lot of gun crimes... We're going to take away your right to self-defense is what we're going to do over here. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Dude, if you live in a neighborhood that meets this threshold within cities or counties averaging 1,000 or more violent crimes, okay, if you live in one of those areas, you shouldn't be carrying less guns. You should be carrying more guns. Okay, are you going to look me straight in the face as the governor of New Mexico who has an armed security detail, armed police that escort you everywhere you go? But then say to the other women of New Mexico who live in these high crime districts, girl, you on your own. That's just how white folks will do you. Listen to the rest of this clip. Bananas. Clip 31. I think it's time to talk about the absoluteness of the discussion on the current court actions. Uh, that suggests that the Second Amendment is an absolute right and none of the others are. And I'm sure you're going to ask me what I think my chances are. And again, if it opens up the door to the kinds of public safety that keep kids safe, I'm willing to take it on. Oh, God. You don't have a clue. Okay. Understand this. When it comes to gun laws, very important, okay? Gun laws are a lot like other laws, okay? And what I mean by that is... Criminals, criminals don't respect them. That's true. That is true. Okay. Law-abiding citizens do. So when you strengthen the laws, yes, it makes it tougher on the law-abiding citizen. You want to talk about keeping kids safe? Okay, the law-abiding citizens that want to help the kids are unable to arm themselves because they respect the laws. Yet the criminal who doesn't want to help the kids, might even want to harm the kids, will still continue to have access to a weapon. That is correct. They're not being honest. They have an agenda. They want control, but they don't necessarily understand the issue. Okay? Let me give you a good example. Do you know how many people a year die from cocaine overdoses? Okay? A massive number. It's over 100,000 people. Is cocaine legal in this country? No. Yet people are dying from it in massive numbers. Why? Because the criminals who deal it, okay, don't respect the law. They don't go, oh, you know what? I was going to sell you some cocaine here. But it turns out there's a law, so uh, I'll just leave it here. Pretend we never met, okay? That's not how it works. Making guns illegal won't make them harder to get 
unless we're talking about the good people who follow the law. But as he she learned over the weekend, there ain't nobody following that law. There ain't nobody following that temporary restraint because you understand the minute the government starts getting you to put down your guns, it ain't going to be temporary, girlfriend. You're absolutely right. So as we sit here on 9-11, okay, which was an attack on our freedoms, okay, we're watching our freedoms under attack from within. Okay, I was here on 9-11. I remember. I drove my brother to, to Queens, and then he had to make his way into the city because they called all the off-duty cops in. Okay, and we all watched it that day and didn't know if we were witnessing the end of the world. We'd never seen in our lifetime an attack on the homeland like that. We all heard about Pearl Harbor, but a lot of us in my, my generation certainly weren't alive to see it. Okay, our parents weren't even allowed to see it if you're my age. Okay, but the truth is, you know, we knew all about it. We hadn't forgotten it. Okay, but when it comes to 9-11, what we were watching is coordinated attacks on New York and the Pentagon and, of course, United 93 going down in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and what looked to us like the beginning of World War III. What the hell is going on? Okay, and we knew it was happening because of our freedoms, but we also knew that the people attacking us were going to hear all about it when we pulled ourselves back up off the mat, something I'll never forget George Bush saying. Here's George W. Bush. It was September 14th, 2001, clip 37. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people... And the people who knocked these buildings down will hear all of us soon. Amazing. And they did. Okay. I am not asking for a 20-year war on the people trying to take away our rights. But just the same as George Bush said the people who came after our freedoms needed to hear from us, the people coming after your freedoms in this day and age need to hear from us really quickly, okay? I am never an advocate for any violence, nor am I about to become one, okay? But understand what we're getting wrong in our politics today is people root for their party harder than their country. It's more important to beat your political enemy, than it is to get the country pointed in the right direction. That's why there are Democrats out there okay with a record high of inflation, record high levels of crime, and a wide open border, and a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. There are a lot of people out there that will make excuses for Joe Biden because they just want to win the next election. They'll make excuses for Gavin Newsom, even though he's turned California into the world's largest outdoor toilet. But you understand in this business model, where it's more important to beat your political opposite we all wind up losing. I'll say it again. The Constitution was drawn up where the two parties were not Republican and Democrat. They were government and civilians. And on this September 11th, the government is taking freedoms away from its civilians in a way we've never seen before. Okay, and to top it all off, the guy running the country didn't even bother to show up on September 11th. Biden sucks. He's the host you shouldn't get too close to. A lot of things about me you don't know anything about, Daddy. Things you wouldn't understand. Things you couldn't understand. Things you shouldn't understand. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, the president of the United States, as you know, 
over in Alaska somewhere pushing a climate change agenda. Here he was last night in China. Uh, not exactly throwing a perfect game. It's clip 12. Well, there's a lot of lying dog-faced pony soldiers out there about, about global warming, but not anymore. All of a sudden, they all realize it. it's a problem. And now I will take your questions. Let me see. They told me they gave me five people here. And so, uh, and I hope that, uh, I think that uh, Prime Minister Xi, I mean, she has some, uh, uh, some difficulties right now. Uh, sorry. Okay. Um, am I pronouncing it? Avilia? Did I pronounce the name correctly? But I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I'm going to go to bed. That man belongs in a nursing home, not in the White House. But let me tell you this. It's like, it's bad enough for us that, you know, he's not, you know, acknowledging 9-11, at least on the East Coast. He's the first president since it's happened to not be here, either at the Pentagon or Shanksville, Pennsylvania or Ground Zero. Uh, but it's the reality that the performance he turns in on the world stage is just embarrassing to the country because he's just a meandering, doddering old fool. Here he is in Hanoi, Vietnam, getting played off by music like it's the Oscars, like he won a meaningless Oscar in the middle of the show. And they're like, dude, you get 20 seconds to speak. Shut up. All right, we're drowning you out. Here comes the orchestra. Listen to this. Clip 18. We talked about at the conference overall. We talked about stability. We talked about making sure that the third world, the uh, excuse me, third world. The, uh, the, the, uh, the Southern Hemisphere had access to change. It had access. We, it wasn't confrontational at all. You came up with thank, thank you, everybody. This ends thank, the count press thank, conference. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Music comes on. Now listen to this. With every person I met with. And the music comes back on. In my opinion, that sucked. <laughs> it's the Oscars. The winner of Best Cinematography. <laughs> like, listen, pal, you get to thank like two or three people and you're out of here. It's the President of the United States. Okay. Supposed to be projecting strength on the world stage. Peace through strength. Instead, we've gotten a lot of chaos through teleprompter. Bothers me, man. Okay, today is a day to never forget. And we've got a guy in the White House who forgets what he came into the room for, let alone 9-11. Didn't even bother to show up. He's out in Alaska. We will see how it sits with a man who did not have that option on September 11th as an NYPD cop who was called down to the scene. Paul Morrow joins us next on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon remembering uh, the tragic events, the loss and heroism of September 11, 2001. The president, of course, skipping today's ceremonies down at Ground Zero, out at the Pentagon in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. But joining us now on the show, someone who did not have the luxury of sending in the pun team on September 11th. He's a retired NYPD inspector who was there at the scene at Ground Zero uh, that historic and tragic day. Paul Morrill joins us on the show. Hey, man. Hey, Jimmy. As, as a silver lining, is it almost good that Biden didn't go because he probably would have called it 7-Eleven? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Listen, that latest 
um, press conference, the thing from Vietnam, yeah. I think really calls into question his viability as a candidate. It really is. It seems like he's on a downward slope. So yeah. not to change the subject, I know. that's a conversation for another time. But yeah. uh, wow. No, I agree. It's, it's a lot to watch the president of the United States literally get played off by music like his acceptance speech at the Oscars went on too long. So I, I feel you. It's amazing. Uh, it's it's amazing. nuts. Um, so, I mean, you, like so many members of the NYPD, I got to tell you, my brother was brave enough to go down there that day and I was brave enough enough to drop him off in Queens so he could walk the rest of the way. Uh, was that where you found yourself heading back into work and having to walk across the shutdown bridge? I did. Yeah, exactly that. I lived in Queens at the time up in Astoria and, uh, you know, I had this junky car. I jumped in the car after the second plane hit. That's when we knew it was uh, definitely an Terror. attack and not a, an accident. Drove to Long Island City, and uh, that's when I saw everybody was walking towards me uh, across the bridge. The bridges had been shut down to vehicle traffic, and it was just a wall of people coming outbound. Mm-hmm. Nope, taking a car in there. I left the car on a traffic island someplace in Long Island City. Wow. Uh, I didn't get back to it for like a week, but, you know, it was still there. Um, and uh, I walked into Manhattan, got to my command. They immediately saddled us up into uh, squads and sent me down. And uh, my squad fell through the cracks a little bit. We didn't get any relief. So I was there for the first 24 hours. I got there right after the second tower had just come down. Um, I was outside of seven World Trade, I think, was the next one to come down. When that thing, you know, all of a sudden the ground shook a little bit. We were watching it burn. We had a perimeter. Um, You know, this is all unprecedented stuff. So everybody was kind of making it up as they went along. I was a white shield cop. I wasn't a boss. I was doing what I was told, and I went where I was told, and um, the ground shook. The thing sort of imploded upon itself, and then uh, I just turned around and yelled, run. Uh And all I remember is a three-person Spanish-language TV crew uh, who was ahead of me. uh, They were doing a hit, and they stopped, turned around, and ran. And I just remember the sound of the woman's heels. Mm -hmm. The on-air personality who was doing the broadcast God bless her, trying to run up, I guess, the Center Street or whatever that was in her high heels to get away. And uh, we all ducked into an ATM, pulled the door closed, and then this sort of evil-looking cloud of smoke and debris with all these shimmering particles. The heat hit you, Uh and then all this stuff came sweeping past the ATM, and we we sheltered in place for a while until we felt it was safe to come out. And that was sort of my initial intro to the whole thing, and then I was there, obviously, like so many others in the weeks and months afterwards. Well, we're talking to retired NYPD Inspector Paul Morrow. Something I've never heard discussed, which is fascinating about what you just said, is we've all seen the images of those smoke clouds. You referred to the heat. When you say the heat hits you, um, what would you compare that to? Is it is it a type of hot you don't experience in your everyday life? What are we talking about? It's roughly akin to when you open a very hot oven okay. and you forget that it's a hot oven and the blast of heat hits you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's just a little bit surreal for it to hit you on the street. Um, mm-hmm. Those streets are narrow. That's old yeah. New York. Yeah, downtown. And so, you know, they, they really sort of focus, uh, focus everything. So, um, yeah, the heat hit. And like I said, it was like an oven. And then you realize, uh-oh. Yeah. Um, you know, we're in we're in new terrain here. Get you behind out of here. And then, as I said, we, you know, we turned and, and we ran for it. And then That's after cool. that, uh, I was there for a couple of days. We did it. We were all digging on the pile. And you yep. began to realize, you know, there's no point to this. Um, anybody no. who survived yeah. has got away. Anybody who did not get away is, you know, just, just didn't survive. And so this is pointless. And then it became more of a demolition Mm-hmm. operation than a recovery operation. Yeah, it was a real grim reality, man. Um, you know, I had a lot of buddies down there that were Port Authority guys. My brother was down on that pile, and then he got the um, 
the cream puff detail of getting shipped out to the Staten Island pile, uh, which is, right, a, you know, what right. a dream that was. <laughs> get, oh, so I get the two-hour commute and the rubble and the toxins? Thanks. Where yeah, do I sign yeah. up? But I, I bring this stuff up because I think, uh, you know, we are getting away from the reality of that day. You know, when you heard the White House justification to Peter Ducey, which was, well, 22 years after Pearl Harbor, the presidents weren't still flying out to Hawaii. You know, you're starting to talk about a scenario that's setting us up for another one of these, heaven forbid. And we're certainly not wishing for that. We're not, you know, forecasting that. Uh, But taking your eye off the ball of, you know, just how perilous that day was is, you know, how you start the process of exposing yourself to a potential defensive flaw a second time around. Now, do you get the feeling uh, we are as vigilant as we were then, or do you look at things like the border and think we're not playing enough defense? The, the latter, obviously. Yeah. Um, and look, you don't want to be focused and uh, over-focused on one issue. Yep. And, you know, having had my career shaped uh, ultimately by 9-11 because mm-hmm. I um, opted to go into counterterrorism work and did that for a big, big portion of my career, made a lot of cases and was able to get some satisfaction out of, uh, you know, payback, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't want that to be just a, a, a tunnel vision thing. But on the other hand, God help us, you got to do the basics. And yeah. Among the basics is to make sure you have a southern border. And, uh, you know, just to bring it home, uh, I responded, like so many other people did, to the West Side Highway vehicle attack, which was the worst attack we had post-9-11 here on American soil. Um, And that was one that everybody missed. That was a real, real difficult case. The guy came from outside New York City, just drove in on Halloween, ran people down on the West Side Highway, killed a bunch, terrible injuries, maim, you know, body parts and the whole thing, just really grim. Mm-hmm. And he was Saipul Saipov, who they spared the death penalty mm-hmm. and gave uh, just gave life recently, um, was an Uzbek. Well, we saw the other day that, and that's nothing against Uzbekistan yeah, or Uzbek people, but mm-hmm. the, we saw the other day that an, uh, I'm sorry, an ISIS coyote, for lack of a better term, a uh, you know human trafficker, got 10 unidentified Uzbeks into America through the southern border. And uh, it was eight or 10. I saw both reporting. Mm-hmm. Um, and FBI was going crazy trying to find them. And Homeland was looking every high and low. I'm sure PD was scraping New York in the areas where they might have turned up. Um, but, you know, it just brought home to me, wow, you know, the last big attack we had was an Uzbek clean skin, for lack of a better term, something we didn't know. Mm-hmm. Now there's another eight of them running around thanks to an ISIS recruiter who got them through the southern border. Sheesh. And we're supposed to believe Mayorkas when he tells us no problems at the southern border. You know, Mayorkas to me really encapsulates, you know, Biden's out of it. He doesn't know yeah. what century it is. But <laughs> Mayorkas is the guy that's supposed to be doing the job. Mm-hmm. And of all the pantheon of incompetence in this administration, that guy deserves his own memorial for incompetence. He's the guy that not only needs to be impeached, but they really need to look into that guy. Because i got to tell you, I've never seen such a dereliction of duty. And he encapsulates, Jimmy, what you're saying. We have taken our eye off the ball. And as Afghanistan becomes a bad guy haven for bad guys from all over the world Mm -hmm. again, um, you know, the idea that we don't have a southern border is madness. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Uh, You know, because the rank and file, when you say something like never forget, the rank and file doesn't. You know, the people are down there memorializing this day. You know, the families, the victims, the cops, you know, anybody who threw on a uniform that was a first responder, they don't have the luxury of forgetting. But, you know, 
in the uh, upper echelons of government, it seems like in some way, shape or form, I don't want to say they've forgotten, but they've certainly made a political calculation as to the cost of remembering. And uh, it's a hard thing to watch, man. You know, the upsides it I really point is. to. Yeah. It, it is especially especially when you got a president who can't remember, you know, where he left his false teeth. Oh, God. You know, I mean, bad. we're supposed to say, you know, never forget. This. Yeah. I mean, this, I, you know, yeah, I'm sorry, but I, very clearly it it's doesn't mean a whole lot to him. So, yeah. yeah. No, it's embarrassing. I mean, you saw the listen at the Afghan at the Afghan ceremony when the soldiers remains were returning. You know, we had 13 service members die at the Abbey Gate. That's the shot where he's famously caught checking his watch. You know, yeah, he's looking at his watch repeatedly. Imagine yep. that because we were told. Remember this when they, when he was running, Jill Biden's big declaration was empathy is on the ballot. You are electing the Bidens because you're going to have empathetic people in the White House. That was the charge against Trump. He was out of touch. He didn't care. The Bidens just skipped 9-11. Okay, they're they're doing this in, you know, in in Alaska, mainly because he needed to get out to Vietnam and push climate change on the heels of the G20. And there's no I know what's crazy, Paul, is like there's no way you can justify that through scheduling. They're like, well, you know, he was going to be over there for the G20, so he needed to go to Vietnam. He could have went to Vietnam before the G20. The guy was on the beach every day of August. We were making fun of the pictures. So, yep, you you see his his hand was well settled. He didn't need to do that. You're right. (laughs) You see where the priorities are. You know, the one thing I was going to tell people as New Yorkers and, you know, you're down there serving and thank you for that, um, is we got this one unique moment uh, in the aftermath of 9-11 of of an it was almost an odd unity. Okay, and sadly, it took a tragedy to bring it on. But do you remember those three weeks of driving in New York where everyone had an American flag on their antenna and they were letting people merge and it was actually polite and safe on the roads? Yeah, it was a very, very different town. <laughs> and, you know, I extrapolate off of that, Jimmy, because yeah. you know, what happened is that we had that. Mm-hmm. And what happened was the cops got the benefit of the doubt for a while. Yeah. And so you had, you had uh, Bloomberg came in. He let Ray Kelly, who was the police commissioner, run the place. And we were all told – people forget this. Mm-hmm. We were all told it was the end of New York City. Yeah. You're not going to be able to police it because you've got to do counterterrorism now. Mm-hmm. The city's never coming back from this tragedy. We're done, and you can't drive crime down any further because you don't have the bodies because everybody's got to do counterterrorism, and nobody wants to come to New York because it's toxic and all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff, and it's dangerous. The exact opposite occurred. Because they let the police – do what they are capable of, mm-hmm. and they got the benefit of the doubt. New York City had a 12-digit. It was such a renaissance that they passed a bill to keep Bloomberg in office yep. for another four years because he's term-limited out at eight, and you got 12 years. And look, I, by the end, you know, Bloomberg probably should have gone earlier, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But that said, you got a renaissance that New York probably has never seen. The trillions of dollars of investment, mm-hmm. business, tourism, all of that came from the fact that post 9-11, you were able to secure the place, make it safe, and it became dreamland again. Yep. And all it took was de Blasio to come in and tell everybody, no, the cops are the bad guys. Don't you get it? The cops are no good. Yep. And we reimagine policing, as he put it. And what he just really did is eliminate it. Yep. And as a result, we have a city that's going in the wrong direction that's you know, going to go bankrupt, according to its own mayor, yep. that doesn't have any policy relative to the migrants. People are leaving. Businesses are leaving. And it all comes from the fact that they no longer let the police 
do this, then they pass laws to prevent it. And this is what we got. Man, that's such a great point. We're talking to retired NYPD Inspector Paul Morrow. Is every problem facing our societies, you know, it's we don't have a crime problem. We have a stupid problem. You know, the guys that put on the uniform are beyond capable of getting crime under control. But the people in charge are stupid and they've created more empathy for the criminal than they have for the cop. And certainly the victim. I mean, when you look out at the city right now, not only are the cops being undermined, but there's really never any empathy demonstrated for the victims. You know, it's like you think of the Daniel Penny situation on the subway. You know how many people we've discussed that have been robbed or stabbed or shoved in front of a subway? train we don't know any of their names but if one of the robbers gets shot or beat up by a cop that guy's got a mural on at least three buildings by the end of the week it's nuts and a line of lawyers that are you know lining up to make sure that they take them on as a client and paint them as a hero and etc etc you know jimmy i've gone further Mm -hmm. than even that they're stupid because they are stupid Mm -hmm. that's undeniable you're 100 percent right Mm -hmm. but i've gotten to the point where the uh, evidence of these policies is so blatant I think this is just what they want. And I think that somehow or other, this plays to some value for them, whether it's, you know, they, in the chaos of the city, they get to hire their, their cronies and they get to um, pass bills that somehow or other fill their own pockets. And I think we're going to find in a few years that, and you know, I've been hearing some whispers of this. I think we're going to find that there are, is significant corruption Mm -hmm. in and among all the folks who are leading the charge on what is supposed to be the reimagining of, of policing, reimagining of New York City, these mm-hmm. bail laws and everything else. The problem is Albany, nobody in New York City knows where the hell Albany is. Yep. And you know why they put the legislature up there, I'd love to know. So nobody keeps an eye on it. There's no media up there, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a very corrupt place. And we're going to find out that not only there, but in the New York City Council and in New York City government, you're going to find, I think, we're going to end up with the kind of corruption stuff that we saw at the end of the de Blasio administration that he, they never moved on. Yep. You know, they went up to Trump for everything under the sun, but yep. uh, de Blasio, all kinds of corruption issues that the Southern District decided to just lean back on and, and not act on, which is a disgrace. Um, but I think they want this, mm-hmm. and I think it's because they benefit from it somehow. That's nuts. I mean, the only other thing I could think of really quick, uh, we're under a minute, is if they wanted to federalize police, if they were trying to use the justification. You know, all the, look at all these cities are deteriorating. You know, these police aren't doing the job. Maybe we need to federalize it, you know, because that's always – you know, that that's that's their that's their thing. OK, they want to federalize everything. But policing, as you know, is the most local of local things. That's 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 right. That's right. And that started big time under the Obama administration. And just to close the loop. Yep. If the Republicans take the House, mm-hmm. they need to federalize in the same way. The way they federalize yep. is they put a monitor over the police department. Fair. The, if the Republicans take uh, the White House is what I mean. Yep. The, if they, uh, take the prosecutors, the Soros prosecutors, start with Alvin Bragg mm-hmm. and put him under a monitor. About, you can do that. That's the executive as well. I'll drink to that. They, they, they've Only- never done that. Mm-hmm. Do that and get these Krasner and Kim Fox, get them all under monitorships. Yep. And instead of doing the police, do the prosecutors, and then you'll see a change. Well, I would drink to that. Uh, the only thing I ask is if the police— well, you don't drink to anything. Well, <laughs> you stop it! All I was going to say is if the police get full control back, you can't make the city too nice. That's my last—the only complaint I would lodge as a cab driver is this, the police did such a good job. The city got so safe we had bike lanes and pedestrian malls. Can you split the difference on that so I can get around without sitting in traffic while some guy on a rental bike gets his own green light? 
Okay, Jimmy, I make that promise to you, right? We're gonna, <laughs> People we're gonna have do spoken. The, the whole city, that's going to be a whole city effort to make sure you can get around. Uh, we're going to do that. Paul, finally, Paul Morrow, uh, we appreciate some time today, man. Great stuff, my man. I'll see you soon. Jimmy, always, always a pleasure to talk to you, Paul. There he goes. The great Paul Morrow. There we go back after this. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You will not see me anywhere near, anywhere near your TV this evening. I will be heading out to Long Island where I have the honor of emceeing a Folds of Honor event uh, on behalf of people who lost their lives on September 11th, men and women who've thrown on the uniform and sacrificed their lives or parts of their lives on behalf of this great nation. Don't ever forget, man, 9-11, an attack on our freedoms an attack that completely blindsided this country, okay? We had no idea it was a thing. It was a shattered innocence that day. And in the immediate aftermath, yes, we rallied in a way we really haven't seen since. It's a very divided country right now, and a divided country is a vulnerable country. You know, if you remember Abraham Lincoln talking about divided houses will fall, the truth is every day, if you're a part of this show, you're a part of something that's legitimately trying to help, okay? Are we the smartest show on the radio? Probably not. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to give every single American, okay, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. We're here to give you conversational freedom again and, you know, downshift from the toxic climate of our politics and make it okay to agree to disagree, make it fashionable to coexist with people you don't necessarily see eye to eye with because that's the whole point of the country. Okay, it was never supposed to be Republicans against Democrats. It was supposed to be Americans versus our enemies. So as we wrap up today on September 11th, we remember all the people who gave their lives, certainly the service members who are out there fighting for our freedoms at this very moment. And we tell you the best way to honor them every day, not just today, is to be a Republican, be a Democrat. Dude, just do not be a From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.